0: Well, I believe we're Zooming as well this, this morning to those who aren't with us. Lovely to have you in your homes, in your lounges, maybe under the duvets, but uh, wonderful to be able to share with you as well. Also, we had a lovely time together in our first session this morning, and I want to thank you for those who have double-timed, I believe the worship and the sound, Um and others are double-timing this morning. I want to thank you for your availability um, to the body of Christ. Thank you so much. I just want to go straight into this word. Um, it was a bit of a change word that I had this morning. And uh, it's to do with releasing the river of God that's within us. And uh, I did share in the first session that the, r- the river that I speak of, that he's spoken of throughout uh scripture is in actual fact a person um so everything that is given in picture form uh the purpose of it is to glorify god the father jesus the son and of course the precious holy spirit and uh as i did share a a bit lightly this morning but it does concern me and i have mentioned as much to andrew that um the godhead consists of three distinct persons And we need to come to grips with that. Um, You know, Jesus says clearly in John 14 and John 15, in that day, he said, when I'm going to be with the Father, in that day, you must ask of me nothing. Interesting. You ask me nothing, but you ask the Father in my name. And then he says that three times. I say to you again, if you ask me, I won't answer you. Go and read John 14 and 15. But you must ask the Father in my name. And because he knows you love me, that which you ask of him in my name, he will do for you. Isn't that interesting? And uh, Jesus makes it clear that there are specific roles in the Godhead. That the Father always initiates, the Son always authoritates, and the Holy Spirit always activates. That's how it is. Jesus said, I do nothing other than hearing from the Father. So it's being in the form of God. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped at. But he made himself a little lower. So that he could fulfill his God-given purpose within the Trinity. So that he could fulfill that which would allow us to be reconciled again. Back to the Father. With the inheritance of God the Father in his Son Christ Jesus. I always say, and this is why this year, this message this morning, I want us to personalize it. It has to do with one person in the Godhead primarily but it affects all three and it's only been made possible because of all three and so the father the son and the Holy Spirit uh, the father as I keep saying isn't the son and I know Jesus said the father and I are one if you've seen me you've seen the father quite rightly so you've seen the character of the father you've seen the heart of the father you've seen the love of the father the, the father and I are one Holy Spirit and I are one but we one in purpose we one in nature but we're not one in function. The Father is the Father. The Son is the Son. Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. And so, um, as I said, it's the Father who always initiates. And it's the Son who then, it says in the prologue of John, in John chapter 1, In Him were all things made, and without Him was nothing made that was made. So what the Father initiates, I do nothing other than hearing from the Father. It comes to the Son. He authoritates. And then it says... Uh, in Genesis, a nice, lovely picture. Uh, God the Father says, let us make man in our image. And the son said, I like that idea. <coughs> Authoritates it. Then it goes to the Holy Spirit and says, and he brooded over, activates, and brings all things into being. And he releases the purpose and the presence and the power of God amongst us. Uh, in such a wonderful way that we're able to contain it. And that's important for us. And so, yeah, this morning, I want to speak about uh, something that draws attention to the third person in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. But in drawing attention to him, it glorifies the Son and it exalts the Father. And so Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to take that which is mine, he's going to make it known to you, so that the Father would be glorified. So Jesus kept saying, my intent and my purpose is to bring glory to the Father. But you know, when one comes into more, all come into more. And Andrew's uh, been saying that to us as a team. He said, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so and so and so so have joined us over the years, and I've seen they've come into more, but by them coming into more, we've all come into more. And so it is in the life of the church. Each one has a different part to play. And so you all individuals here, all have individual giftings. It says, and the Holy Spirit through the Father the Holy Spirit through the Son will give to you as he sees fit. And then he gives a picture of, of the body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, we're not all the same. He says, if we were all the ear, or if we were all the eye, can you imagine? Can you imagine if how we're sitting here was just an eye? I mean, you know, just an eye sitting on the chair. So you had to be carried in and carried out. But it's just an eye, magnificent eye. I mean, just this eye. Um, but God's word says, no, that's, that's not the purpose of, of uh, the Godhead. He's made us interdependent upon each other. And this is why this that we're looking at uh, this morning, I want us to see it does something that initiates something in somebody else so that the body can benefit, um, which we'll see in Psalm 46 in a moment. So the intent The working of the Holy Spirit amongst us is never to bring attention to one individual. It's through an individual to bring benefit to the whole body. So unless the whole body is being benefited by this, uh, it's not of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it's of. And that's sometimes why I have a bit of a reserve where a gift is so strong, it draws attention to the individual and not to the Lord Jesus Christ and doesn't benefit the body. Because I can do it so well. Let me tell you, I can preach, if I really put my mind to it, I can preach so well I can do it without the Lord. Yeah. how we can lead worship so long, as can others. I'm telling you now, they can do it without the Lord. In so many different, I can get someone to play this instrument, as we heard this morning, when I sat there in the first session, I thought, this young lady knows this thing. Because there was no music she was playing to. And she was improvising. I thought, she knows this thing. Now, but she can do it so well. She can do it without the Lord. Now the intent of God's Holy Spirit is that we don't only do it so that we can bring about an effect in the moment. But that we do it so that we, through affecting the moment, allow it to uh, carry out repercussions into the future in the spirit realm. And that's when we do something together with God. So I want to talk about this morning releasing the river of God within us. There's there's something God has within us. Not a system, not a program. It's amazing going around the world. They ask if they could have the Josh Jen booklet. I say no, we don't have a booklet. See, so the booklet's actually from Genesis to Revelation. That's our booklet, you know. And I think you're being funny all over the world. And so what I did do was our foundations course, because all of a sudden I ended up in, in Moscow, from St. Petersburg down to Moscow, and uh, they said, oh, you the conference speaker. I said, no, 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 you got it wrong. I'm not coming here for a conference. I said, no, no, you're coming for a conference. And we've got uh, something like 32 churches coming together. And I only realized that with color when we arrived there, there's this conference. And then having gone through a whole Saturday, putting down uh, uh, foundations I realize these folk have no understanding concerning our DNA. Um, this, the river that we believe God wants to have flow through us uh, as a church. They have no idea. Oh, but they are the church. They do preach the gospel. Uh, they are inter- a Pentecostal church, and they are an old Pentecostal church. But are they godly, and they holy, but they're not New Testament. So how can you say that? You, you sense it. Um, they, they, God bless them, I've got to be careful how I put this, but it's almost as though they're trying too hard. I said, what you need to do is, we've got a whole series foundation uh, course done by Andrew, but they don't speak English. So there's a couple in the Moscow church, a massive church, and he was uh, Brother Andrew, some of you remember God's smuggler, smuggled the Bibles in, in the 70s, early 70s, into uh, Russia, Brother Andrew and his assistant um, uh, with him. Well, this pastor is is Brother Andrew's assistant. I mean, he's as old as the hills are, but uh, he's about my age. (laughs) He's old. Um, But uh, I said to him, you know, what we need to do is to get this material to you. So this couple that are in his church, um, uh, in fact, his daughter and son-in-law, They are fluent in English. They had been to our TMT college um, right in the beginning stages. And that's where they learned to speak English a little better. They uh, uh, interpreted, firstly translated, then interpreted. Every word Andrew speaks is in Russian. So I said to Andrew, I said, check this out. Andrew said, sheesh, a day of miracles. (laughs) Because it's him, he's speaking fluent Russian. So we're equipping them Uh, through this because there are values there's dna we need to get into them before we can go any further and that's why paul says i would love to have given you steak but i can't i've got to keep you on the milk." now you don't tell people that say oh you know who do you think you are there's just something um in the whole concept of of we don't go to church we are the church and we, we don't have a a moment of church on a sunday and then a moment on a wednesday no, we are the church and our moments are 24-7. Anywhere, anytime. You know, we, we want that. We want to live it. We, we want the river. We want this river to flow. This is why it's not a system. It's not a program. It's, it's not found in a manual. The river is a person. And I, I keep coming back to this. As I mentioned earlier on, uh, joy is a person. Holiness is a person. Jesus said, I am the way. So show me the way. It's a person. That's why I say with holiness. Some people think, you know, it says in scripture, God is holy. So he's got a serious attribute called holiness. So he has more holiness than anybody else. No, 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 no. No, he doesn't have more holiness than anybody else. God is the source of holiness. If there was no God, there's no holiness. There's no God there's no joy there's no God there's no love God is love It's an amazing thought you know that's why this thing of uh, love isn't love to stay love isn't love to like give it away and God's whole nature is, is to give this away and so it is with the river there, there's something that God wants us to understand concerning the river uh, that he wants us to be a part of but we know that the river's flowing because the river pictures and epitomizes the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't know that you guys had been going through the Holy Spirit behind Silly Bar. I had no idea. And I was going to preach on something else. And actually, back the guys phoned me. I said, no, no, okay, let me, I'll just tell you quickly what I'm going to be preaching. I said, oh, that's great, you know. And they probably think, oh, well, that's not what you're preaching on now. And I just felt this is something that the Holy Spirit was uh, laying on my own heart, in my own spirit. This thing of uh, allowing uh, ourselves to focus in on the third person of the, Holy, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. But as a person, that the person, the person wants to get out. Amazing thought that. Through the river. He wants to get out. Not leave you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But he wants to get out into your community. He wants to get out into your family. He wants to get out into your relationship. He, he, he wants to affect things. So when Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray, he said, let your kingdom come through me. Let your will be done through me. And we'll see in a moment, there's this that has to do with a river. And it's seen uh, by uh, Ezekiel, it's seen by Peter, it's seen by John at a later stage as well. There, there's a river um, seen by the psalmist, uh, David. There's a river that God wants to. To have flow through us, but we determine the pressure of that river. Uh, we determine the, the volume of that river. We we determine uh, our participation in that river. And you know, wanting something and experiencing it are two different things. I always say you can have as much of God as you want. But again. You both are going to fill the same space. So I can't fill me with me and still want God. But God says, no, no, you first put off, then you put on. You first empty, then you fill. But it's not from the outside. You now I've seen so many meetings I go to where the folk rush to the front. Rush up to the front. And and, and the guy goes past and, and he lays a hand on them. Ta-ta, ta ta tata, ta-ta. He says, come Holy Spirit, ta-ta. I want to say, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Eh? Said, no, no, come Holy Spirit. You must look inside of them and say, come Holy Spirit. As I mentioned in the first service, that uh, with Dimitri sitting here, I've done it to Pam. She said, don't do that. Pam's my wife. People going through the meeting and I'm trying to make a point that the Holy Spirit is within you. Yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. But as far as we are concerned, I want us to see something. He's within you. And so I come to Pam and I say, in the middle of my message, I know you in there. <laughs> Pam says, don't do that. It's weird. You know? It's like, but, but that's, that's where we need to be. We need to be a little weird. Be, because if scripture tells me the Holy Spirit is in you, he's in you. The, no, And the, the Holy Spirit's looking at me and he's saying, tell them. And whatever they do with them, they do with me. Tell them. You know, I love Joseph. He's my hero, not David. David, he's a floppy disk. I mean, but David, oh, heart after God. I mean, you know, you read in Acts 13, there was no one like David. He had a, God says, I love David. He fulfilled my purpose in his generation. But, jo- but Joseph, hey. You know that thing with uh, Potiphar's wife? I believe she was quite a woman. I believe she had the right perfume and hubby was away. I don't think she wore that, that thick, heavy, curtaining nightgown that day. I think she wore that flimsy little... Yeah, I don't even want my mind to go there. I think when she came past our young Joseph, he must have thought, dear God, you took a long time putting this lady together. And she, the waft... No, no, you've got to read between the lines. You know, if it says something, say, hang on, let me just get this. And she says, come and lie with me. And he says, how can I do this thing and sin against my God? Not against your husband. Not against my dad, who won't be happy if he ever gets to hear about this. Now, how can I do this thing and sin against my God? You see, I believe Joseph was aware of God in his life. I believe that. And that stopped him doing something that I believe he actually wanted to do. Yeah. So I've I've heard a a pastor, a a good, he was a great pastor. And uh, he was a Baptist pastor. Uh, I grew up in the Baptist church. But when I came to the Lord in my early 20s, it was a brief period. And then I thought, no, hang on, there must be more to it than this. But I thank God for the grounding I got in the Baptist church. And this pastor, he could preach the skin off his rice pudding this, uh, he was unbelievable. And then in, in the middle of a stride in, in his preach, he was going for it. He said, now I want you to know, there's no pleasure in sin. And I looked at him and thought, you need to get out more. But there's pleasure in sin. And there is. The, the flesh, it says, loves sin. The flesh makes war against the spirit. That's what Paul says. But this river here is determined by my decision. Not by it's something, it's something I so want. No, it's something I see as precious. It's something I see as eternal. I'm going to measure my choices in life in the light of what's eternal. This river, there, there, there's something God has for me and wants for me, but I can't have it and have what I want at the same time. Well, that's Jesus said, you, 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 you want what will bring you into what the Father wants. All you've got to do is die. Yeah, there were great philosophers in, in, in uh, the preceding uh, period that Jesus was birthed into. It was the Greek philosophy, ruled the world. Um, Alexander the Great, 300 years before Jesus was born, the Romans defeated the Greeks. The Greeks defeated the, the Medes and Persians. Medes and Persians, Babylonians. Babylonians, the Assyrians. But it came down to the Greek mind. Everybody had to speak Greek in the world. That's why the New Testament was written in Greek. The Romans built the bridges and the roads, and the Greeks put a common vernacular in the world, common language. That is God, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. He had a common language, and he had all the roads built. For the, the, when the persecution came, the gospel went out. Amazing. But, but all you've got to do is to follow what Jesus said. Now, Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle... Plato said, if you want this utopia, know yourself. Uh, Socrates said, no, 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 it's not only know yourself, it's control yourself. Um, and then Aristotle came and said, no, 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 it's not only know yourself, control yourself, it's improve yourself. His Greek philosophy, amie, esten, esmen, I my, my. No, Jesus comes and says, it's got nothing to do with Amy esten, esmen, it got nothing to do with knowing yourself and improving yourself. Uh, it's, it's got everything to do with if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and deny yourself. Oh, God, to the Greek, where's this God come from? I mean, what's, where's the I, me, my, my? You know? And so this that is going to determine that which God wants me to come into, not only uh, to release through, but wants me to come into, has to do with the understanding on my part of its value. You go read Hebrews chapter 11. Let me tell you, when those people were sawn in half, well, I mean, as I keep saying, it wasn't a Husqvarna or a Yamaha. Wee, wee, next one. No, no, it was one oak on that side, one on this side. And uh, uh, uh. I mean, it was Braveheart, amongst us. But it says they refused to stop the sawing for the sake of a better resurrection. Let me tell you, they were giving up this life for something in exchange that was way beyond anything compared to in this life. Now unless we see that, Joseph saw that. He saw this and he saw that. And that's why for me, and uh, I say it, you know, believe it or not, when I was a hang of a lot younger, I was quite a sharp look, you know. I thought so. And 13 other ladies in the church thought so. 13 over 40, well it's 43 years now, but the last one was about five years ago. <laughs> six years ago. No, would come up directly to me and say, I just want you to know. You know, one of the deacons wife, the last one. I want to have sex with you. You Do you think the devil would know that, you know, the way to get to me is through a motorbike? You know, I spend too much time in the shop. I smell the saddle. I make sure nobody's looking. It's a bit of a weird thing, you know, that leather. I mean, motorcycles are me, And the specifications. Now, I've got a KTM just short of a thousand cc. And Brett, my son-in-law, says, when he hears me coming into the neighborhood, he hears it coming. It pops. said, oh, he wants his bike to do that. I said, could never do that. Unless you buy what I've got. It's not a Harley. The Harley Davidson, I shouldn't be saying this. But they're the only guys who have the the flies hit the helmet from the back. They go so slow and they got those tassels on the handlebars to make sure that the bark's moving. I had all here. What I want you to know is there's something you need to give up, whatever it is, to have what God wants. But it'll be unique to you. As I mentioned another way of this. I'm going to come back to this and just mention them now. This river. This lady came to my home. See, listen, I don't counsel ladies. Never been alone with a lady. My wife and my daughters y'all. I've never been alone with a woman. I have all these years of ministry. Three of my pals have fallen in the ministry. I'm not going that way. But the flesh inside of me says, hey. Hey. Maybe you need to hear her story. Compassion. Pastoral. You know. <laughs> I know this thing and I know me I know me so I said to am sorry Pam's not home can't see you the flesh is saying just better, in man so you're out of your mind flesh it's like Paul says the old man comes back again when you see the hand coming out the grave run and get a shovel and beat it back beat that thing back in the grave but you've got to do it intentionally so he said listen it'll take 30 seconds I mean, persistent. And I had no front wall those days. And, and uh, the, the windows were open. My study was right in front. I said, okay, come in quickly. What is it? And I sat down. And she said to me, I want you to know, when I make love to my husband, I think of you. I said, I beg your pardon? So she said it again. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you till lunchtime tomorrow to tell Pam what you've just told me. And I said, "Yeah." And let me tell you, it'll be a lot better if you tell her than if I tell her. Anyway, next day I drove up and down. Said to lunchtime, just before lunchtime. Her car was in the driveway. I told Pam. Let me tell you, the reason I did that was going forward. Cape Town has some miserable weather in winter. And you know, Pam and I don't always wake up and say, Oh, I thank God for you, you gorgeous thing. And you know, we wake up and, you know, we look at each other and say, morning, morning. You know, have yeah, mornings like that, yeah. You know? But I knew this door must be closed. Because winter weather's coming. Who can I go and have a cup of coffee with? Who appreciates me? Mmm. And she knows, don't have coffee with that guy. You know, he'll tell his wife. Do you know that having closed that door, and I saw Pam afterwards and I said, did she come? She said, Yeah, she came." I said, "Anne." She said, yeah, she told me." I said, "There you go." But just I told her to come to you. I closed the door, and it so happened that we even became house friends after that. She knew, I knew, we knew. Her husband didn't know. He's both like one of those Roman soldiers in asterisks and obliques. I said, that's fine, you sort this out with Pam, but you don't tell your husband what you've just said to me. I'm not in this. (laughs) Now, why do I share that with you? Because the flesh, in the moments of weakness. That's why I thank God in 1 John chapter 1, in John's epistle, he said, these things have been written that you don't sin. Church, you don't sin. Then he starts chapter 2, verse 1, by saying, but if you do sin. A floppy disk, you know, don't sin, but if you do sin. Don't sin, but if you do sin, thank God. He knows that we're not sinners because we sin. He knows we will sin because you're a sinner. You're a sinner, 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 And the power of sin has been broken. The presence of sin hasn't been removed. You need to know that. But the power has been broken. So the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, Neither do I condemn thee, praise God, but now go your way and sin no more power has been broken. He enables us. So, just quickly, I want to leave this with you. Give me another 15 minutes. 15 minutes? We're half past 11. there? you happy with that? The third, person of the, the, Holy, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, we are introduced to a relationship with Him that reveals the work and the character of, of God and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ at conversion. So that's not very charismatic or very Pentecostal or Neo-Pentecostal. I don't even know if that's uh, really what we hold to. Let me tell tell you, there are things that we hold to in Josh Jen that have variances in the New Testament, like how Jesus is coming at the end. There are three major views, pre, post, and aim is Choose your view and get on with life. Because who knows? It's so my argument, even with Kala on the train traveling through Russia. Kala, he's a theologian. He said, No, you've done your PhD. What do you think about was the in eschatology, the second coming of Christ? I said, Kala, I just want you to know this. Having studied all of this, I've realized I actually know less now than I knew in the beginning. I'm more confused now than I was in the beginning. So, color, the question I want to say is, I'd love to discuss anything with you that we can do. Can we do the second coming? No. So, then I'm not going to discuss it. But, color, can we do love our, lives, our wives as Christ loves the church? He looked at me. Said, yeah. I said, let's discuss that. How can we love our wives more? You know? Can we do it? Yeah, okay, let's discuss that. Now, I want to say, with the person of the Holy Spirit, it's all to do with doing. Doing. Now, in Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14, I wonder if we could just stick that up. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. It's a wonderful passage of Scripture. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, when? When you heard the gospel, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That's Romans 8, 9. Without the Spirit of Christ, you none of these. Happy days. You are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, I keep coming back to this for, for us. The starting point is conversion. You cannot be converted without the work of the Holy Spirit taking place in your life. When I believed, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. It's not Acts. It's not Corinthians. It's Ephesians. A sound theological document. It says, when you believe you were sealed in him, in Christ, with the precious Holy Spirit, who is the deposit, as I shared last week, that word is arabaum, not hagios numata, not paracletos, the one alongside, but arabaum. I'm sealed in him with the arabaum. That means engagement ring. Okay? I'm being given God's engagement ring that is going to marry me to Christ on the day, the wedding feast to the Lamb. I can't get in there without the engagement ring. So said, oh Lord, I want you to put my hand up in the meeting and I want you. I was in that church and I gave all that money. He said, no, no, I just want to check. Have you got my engagement ring? Ah, come inside. I'm sealed in him with the engagement ring. But this is why at conversion, Ephesians 1.13 tells me, I get all of the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't get all of me. That's why they have the word justification and sanctification. That's why I shared as well, Pam, at the conference on the Isle of Man. She wanted to share, wanted to share. I said, okay, come up quickly and share. I was busy discussing on marriage. And she said, I just want you to know that Will has finally started to become the man I thought I married. I thought, yeah, that's a bit wild, you know. But in actual fact, she was complimenting me. Because I was, I was becoming. I'm, I'm not what I, I, I can be, but I'm not what I was. See, in the Holy Spirit. But now Jesus says, I want you to know, if you're willing to decrease, if you're willing to, as we say in Josh, Gen, come, die, then you can live. If you're willing. Let me tell you, it's like golf. Golf is between the ears. You play with an old man. He plays like this. Dunk, dunk, dunk called percentage golf. They're the most frustrating people to play with. I mean, we want to, you line that up. eh? You got that one wood. eh? I mean, you want to put this next to that little flag. And the old man's watching you, you know. And you only cop that thing. eh? For some unknown reason, it veers off to the right. And the, the guy playing on the back course, coming back, you can see he's staring at you saying, what are you trying to do? And the old man, he, he puts his ball there and goes, dunk, dunk, dunk. Why? Because golf's between the ears, you see. No, 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 no. You, you, you tee off uh, for, for breakfast, you pat for dinner. Don't reverse it. You know? but, but what we need to understand here is this whole thing of, of moving in and pressing into uh, the Holy Spirit. There, there's something we need to understand that it's all between the ears. I must make a decision. I must be intentional. It says, choosy this day. Time and again. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm just feeling so, so lovely towards Pam. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how she's been treating me. I just ooze all this love. Oh, no, 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 no. I want you to know that marriage counseling was quite right. Where it says you're going to marriage. It's 100% nothing. Let me tell you, you don't always feel 100% nothing. I'll give you 100% even if you give me nothing. And nothing. And nothing. Oh no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Because there's this thing called the flesh. And unless I'm intentional in putting it down, the river's not gonna flow. The only way the river's gonna flow is if I decrease. You wanna be my disciple? Die. Take up your cross and die. I love that Andrew said. He said there's one thing God is so magnificent at it's putting you to death. <laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> said you're right, Andrew. That's true. Buddy. God knows how to murder you, put you to death in the flesh. And it's true. But I get this at conversion. I get all that God has for me at conversion. I'm sealed in him with the precious Holy Spirit at conversion. But thereafter, I relinquish. I give up. I uh, am convicted of sin, of righteousness, uh, and that which is to come. So when I look at this, I need to understand I'm just rushing ahead here. I need to understand that uh, the reason I need to put off, the reason I need to decrease, is so that the river's in, uh, velocity, the, the 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 power of the river, can increase within me. Um, and uh, I love uh, Isaiah. I wonder if we can go to 41 verse 17 and 18. Just jumping ahead in Isaiah 41. Isaiah. Also to do with the river. Isaiah 41, verse 17 and 18. He sees something. And uh, he says "Yeah, uh, well, the Lord speaking, he says, I, the Lord, will answer them. The God of Israel will not forsake them. I will open rivers on bare heights. Interesting. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. That means I've come to a point where I don't feel like even reading the Bible. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like anything spiritual. I don't feel like joining together with the saints. I don't feel like getting out of bed this morning and going to to, uh, engage in a church meeting. I don't feel like it. But let me tell you, I take hold of the duvet on a cold, rainy morning. And I throw it off me and I say, away with thee, ye works of iniquity. And I jump out of bed. Rush under that hot shower and say, In spite of what the flesh wants, I will pummel you and I'll beat you back into that grave. Now, I make that decision contrary to what the flesh wants. Yeah, so those 13 ladies, let me tell you, the first lady, God bless her. I actually had the privilege of giving her some salvation material a little while ago in Somerset more. bumped into her there. The first lady. The Lord took a long time putting her together. She, what had just come out was, of course, you grew up on the beach and surfing. I was a young guy. She wore a tanga. Let me tell you, girls don't wear tangas. Tangas wear them. I mean, there's not enough for you to wear, uh, you know. Um, and if I think back uh, of that time, it was a choice. I was a young believer. Young believer. The pastor involved in my life then, Rex Matthew, said, you will make a choice. And he looked at the young people who always sat on the right side at First Baptist. He said, you will make a choice on a day when it will be the right time, the right place to do the wrong thing. I never forgot that. I was very young. You know? And he said, everything inside you will want to do it. But the minute you make a decision to take hold of what God has taken hold of you for, the river will start to flow. And you know, God says, I'll open a river in desolate heights. Uh, there, there, there's something God responds to. Uh, it says, if you seek me with all your heart, that doesn't mean I'm going to seek him, seek him. No, it's, I'm going to make a decision. How do you, how do you, I know you love me. Oh, Jesus, because you can watch me in the service. I love you, Lord. And the Lord's saying, you liar, liar. Your pants are on fire. Why? Because if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Amen. I mean, it's a practical thing. That's why we offer him the sacrifice of praise. Now, that's when he, I'm worshipping him, and I'm doing what he wants me to do, even though I'm not all about doing it. No, 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 no. In fact, I'm doing it in the light of eternity. I'm doing it like a Joseph. I'm measuring this thing. And the, the river's starting to well up with him. That's when the river wells up within me, when I do it, when I decrease, when I put the old man down, I put the old man off, and the new man starts to come about. It's very practical. We need to come to grips with this. Uh, Also, if we could just stick up Ezekiel 47. we got Ezekiel 47, verse 1 to 7. Ezekiel the prophet then he brought me back to the door of the temple behold the water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple south of the altar he brought me out by way of the north gate led me around the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east Jericho and behold the water was trickling out on the south side going eastward of the measuring line in his hand the man measured a thousand cubits led me through the water it was ankle deep, again he measured a thousand knee deep, again he measured a thousand waist deep again he measured a thousand, the river I couldn't pass through, for the water had risen it was deep enough to swim in the river that could not be passed through, he said to me son of man have you seen this, then he led me back to the bank of the river and as I went back I saw the bank of the river, on the river many trees on the one side and on the other And we see later in Revelation what those trees were. In fact, let's just go there quickly. Revelation 22, verse 1 to 5. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life. This is to John now, 800 years later. Bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit. Trees, same thing that was seen initially. Um, by Ezekiel, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. The night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. See, there's something that God wants to have flow through us. Now we know in 1 Corinthians 6.19 it says that your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The river flows from the temple. The river flows from the altar. The the altar is within me. The temple is within me. Don't you know your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit? There was the tent in the wilderness. Then there was the the temple built by... um, Well, in actual fact, it was Solomon and then rebuilt again. But the glory of the second wasn't anything like the first one. And then we find every time the the, the presence of God moved into something, there was fire. That's what I said to, to two of our ladies with us in Brazil. They said, no, we must have the fire tunnel. And we sing fire, fire, fire. I said, no, 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 I don't want to sing fire. They said, why not? I said, well, the first in the tent, God brought his presence down with fire. The second in the temple, God brought his presence down, moved from the tent into the temple, fire. The third time, no more temple, God brought into people, tongues of fire. But there's going to be a fourth time and he's going to destroy the earth. I said, no, 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 I don't want to sing fire, fire now. Uh, you know, maybe later on, but no, no, we don't want to sing fire, fire now. But I, 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 I want the increase of the water. I want the increase of the river. I want the increase of God's presence within me uh, that we need to press into. But it'll only, what I want us to get hold of is it's only going to happen if I'm willing to decrease. And so I close with this. It says in John 7, verse 37 and 38, Jesus sitting uh, outside the temple on the great day of the great feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, then him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. As I say, Jesus is sitting all day, those hundred priests, there were hundred priests in that feast, carrying those golden lavers, filling them up, Pool of salome pouring it out on the altar, going to collect water. Pouring it out on the altar. He watched this the whole day till he couldn't take it anymore. It was flowed out of the temple, down through the east gate, down towards Jericho, that he jumped up and said, If anyone thirsts, come drink of me. And out of you will gush rivers of living water. See, only by drinking of him continually, abiding in him, remaining in him, staying connected to the source. Um, this is why I say it is so lovely. It was shared now at our lead elders' time last week. One of the guys said God had challenged him every morning he wakes up to uh, acknowledge God's presence. Say, good morning, Father. Good morning, King Jesus. Oh, good morning, precious Holy Spirit. And have fellowship right the minute you open your eyes to program yourself for the day. That when you go into your quiet time, uh, your devotional time, that uh, there's something already that you've bridged relationally with the Lord. Uh, That you practice the presence uh, of God in this way. So that this pressure can build up inside of you. I shared last week, maybe I can close with this. That when I was a little fellow, on the front page of the newspaper in the town in which I lived, which was East London, the newspaper was the Daily Dispatch. And on the front page on that morning, uh, there was a photograph of a family at a fence Looking over into an enormous hole uh, where it was in Coltonville, uh, in the mining compound, where the mine manager's house, him, his wife, and his three children, they had a sinkhole, and their house dropped down a hundred meters uh, hang of a way to go into eternity. I mean, they were all killed. Um, this house fell down this hole, and what came out was that uh, when the mine shafts, the gold mines, when they finished mining them, they fill up the mine shafts with water under pressure. But what happened was they worked out afterwards that the water had leaked and the pressure had subsided. And so there was this vacuum underneath. Now nature abhors a vacuum. It hates a vacuum. Nature will fill a vacuum. So everything that's on top will collapse and fall in to fill that vacuum. It didn't happen that day. They say it happened weeks before. It was just the drying up process that culminated on a certain day. I want to say with us, it doesn't happen on that day. No, it's been drying up, drying up, drying up, drying up. Jesus says, please come drink of me. You must build up the pressure out of you, you must gush a river of living water. Not only to sustain you, but to sustain those around you. Along sides will be those trees that will provide healing for the nations and life and salvation. Um, The wonderful picture given in Revelation 22. But when I stop my relationship with the Lord, and I keep coming back to Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verse 41, Mary and Joseph returning back to Jerusalem, back to Bethlehem uh, from Jerusalem. And it says, and supposing that he was in their presence. Because Jesus had always been there, you see. I mean, the previous year, the year before that. But it says they went on a day's journey supposing that he was there. But not knowing that he was still back in Jerusalem. And you know, sometimes we go like that. It's like uh, Samson in um, the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 20. It says that uh, Delilah, you know, she had a way of Tickling his ear and wooing his hair, and eventually he couldn't take it anymore. And he said, "Listen, man, the secret is in my hair. Um, if you cut my hair, that's the end of my strength." So she cut his hair, and then she shouted, "Samson, the Philistines are upon you!" And in, in Judges 16:20, it's the same as Luke 2:41 that says, "And he jumped up and he went out as before, not knowing that the spirit of God had left him." Isn't that tragic? He went out as before. We can get up day after day, going out as before. And the enemy setting us up, setting us up, setting us up. So that the eternal perspective becomes dimmer and dimmer. And the yearn now, and the desires of the flesh become stronger and stronger. And on that day, everything collapses. I want to say, but it's God's intent to renew, to restore, reconnect us back to the source. So that out of our valley will start to gush a river again. He says, I will restore. He says, even in desolate heights and pools in the valley, doesn't matter where you are. His desire is to restore, to renew that which God wants to do in our lives.